episode of Nut News, the show where you'll swear I'm nuts because all I'm going to talk about is almonds. I'm your host, Alan Burwell. You may remember me from such episodes as Bloom, Strong Demand and Drought Conditions, or Consumer Trends with Bryn Garcia. No, seriously, those are our previous episode titles. Did you think I was going to come up with something clever to support my veiled Troy McClure reference? Sorry, I'm not that inspired, but you know what is inspiring? Damn right, it's almonds. And here to talk almonds with me today is Jerry Sparks Gonzalez, Quality Assurance Manager here at Select Harvest USA. Jerry, thanks for taking the time to uh, talk with me today. Did I get your last name right? Yes, you did. Not many people do. Well, Quality Assurance Manager, did I get your title right? Yes, you did. Also known as a QA. Well, enlighten us a little bit. What is a quality assurance manager? What do you do on a day-to-day basis? What are you responsible for? My main responsibility is to make sure that our food safety program is implemented and followed through on the floor. So make sure that everything going out to our customers is safe. Well, that's an important job. I know uh, we just came off of a really intensive food safety audit, and I have to admit that's um, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on. Well, you know, not remind uh, the... The audience, they're they're not familiar. Enlighten them, I suppose. How long did this food safety audit last that we just went through? This year's food safety audit, uh, which is our SQF audit, lasted three days. It started on a Monday, went all the way until about five o'clock on a Wednesday. Yeah. I don't know if that surprises anyone listening, but it certainly surprised me. You know, I I have worked in restaurants before, and I suppose my you know idea of food safety audit is the you know health food inspector coming in, and you know, that might last maybe an hour or two, I guess, depending on the restaurant. So three full days uh, seemed a little excessive um, for me when I first when I first caught on uh, that we were we were doing this. And I should also reiterate um, those three days, J- Jerry. It wasn't just like someone was was there. You and your team were were actively engaged with with the auditor. Is that correct? That is. We were from the moment they got on site to the moment they leave and repeat the next day. And then the next day, right? And then the next day, yeah. <laughs> well, so you you mentioned um, SQF as being the, the reason behind that. Um, you want to give us a little more detail as to, as to what that is and, and again, why we were being audited in the first place? Yeah. So SQF is Safe Quality Foods. It's one of the benchmarks for the GFSI certifications. It's our main food safety audit for the year. It also does our quality audit. So it's what our, a lot of our customers are really looking for. So GFSI, enlighten me. What What is that? What does that stand for? Is that some kind of federal mandate? Tell me. GFSI is the Global Food Safety Initiative. Think of it kind of like the umbrella over all these other benchmarks like BRC, SQF, FSSC, they are a panel of experts who regulate and standardize what's important to food safety. And they are the ones who drive these other certifications like BRC, SQF to know what to cover during these audits. Oh, so I get it. So, so SQF is is a program that adheres to the guidelines that the GFSI is is setting as benchmarks. Yes. Understood. Okay. So, so then, but how does that play into you know any type of of federal mandate for for food safety quality? I mean, is does it also kind of cover you know again if we go back to 
the the restaurant analogy, I I would assume that there's some type of federal oversight into you know what guides food safety. So does the federal government have a, a hand or a say in what GFSI is doing, and or does the GFSI and the SQF audit kind of fulfill those federal needs? GFSI they like I said, there are a panel of experts, so they take into all new regulations for the FDA in terms of FISMA or with the um, HACCP. So they take all of the regulatory bodies' information that we need to cover and puts it into a code. Well, more that the benchmarks underneath them put them into a code, but they say, well, you have to cover all of these. You have to have allergen program. You have to have a preventive maintenance program, you need to have some way to, nowadays it's to track food safety culture. They say, this is what we need to cover to show good food safety. Now, as a benchmark to us, you need to put it into your code. Okay. So I understand then that they take, uh, you know, whatever federal regulations they have and throw this, uh, throw it into their, their codes and benchmarks. Would I be correct to assume that they're also taking, you know, global standards, should they be different and putting them into, um, you know, into their codes? Yeah, they're looking at other, not just domestic to the U.S., but other countries too. That's why they'll be considered a global standard. So our SQF can be used throughout the world. It's international. So a customer in the EU can accept it as well as someone in Mexico. Great. And then they know that it meets their their local jurisdiction standards too. I think that's a that's a really great concept and way to go about it. Um, you know, we're not having to, you know, seek you know certifications for for each individual one. Um, and I suppose that's maybe perhaps why you had to had to be audited for for three whole days. But you mentioned a, a, a few different you know certifications other than SQF. So you know, let me ask. Why why did we choose SQF? It seems like we we could have chose others. Is, is that correct? Yeah, there's other programs out there. Like I said, BRC, there's SQF, FSSC, there's Primus, and a whole lot of other ones I can't really think of on the top of my head. But it's mostly you want to read a code that relates to your company. You don't want to have one that's Oh, it's expecting us to do this, but we don't. There's no way we can fulfill that and try to go for that way. You want to have a code that is tailored to your industry and what you're producing. Yeah, I was going to ask. I think that last part is, is key. There, it's not necessarily that we we don't do something because we don't want to. It's because it ne- wouldn't necessarily be applicable to our industry or to to the product that we have. Is that correct? Yeah, because within SQF, they what they have what they call food safety categories. So you'll look and for like we have, we have raw almonds as well as our retail line. So we can fall under two, but you want to make sure you're looking for a code that can encompass everything that you're doing. Well, I was going to, um, to touch on that, um, that we have both, you know, kind of the, the bulk raw ingredient side of, of the almond world. And we also have, uh, you know, the food ready, um, retail packaged product side of things, you know, from a, a food safety program standpoint, 
do you have to approach those two different sides of the of the company differently? And you know, how does SQF help us? You know, keep track of that and and manage those pieces. You can look at them as two separate companies and approach them differently, but in all one side feeds into the other. So you don't want to be lax on one side and stringent on the other side. So it's easier and it keeps the bar at the same level if we keep both sides the same. Even if it's a raw product, it's still eventually going to go to a customer, which is eventually going to go to a consumer. Me, for one, do not does not want to put something at our customer's facility that they have to deal with later when I can prevent it at ours. Well, that's a that's a fair point, and I suppose that's part of the value of of being SQF certified is uh, we can we can show our customers that we do have uh, a strong food safety and quality program backing up our our product. Now, I want to clarify: this isn't our first SQF go around. Um, how long have we been engaged with SQF um, on the the food safety uh, certification side of things? We have been with SQF since two thousand and fourteen. Wow. That's, that's a few years. Yeah, seventh cycle. <laughs> yeah, and, and so an audit like this happens every year? Yes, unless you do bad. Unless you get below an average score of, what is it, 86, then you'll be put on a surveillance audit, which we have never had to do. But typically, it is an annual recertification. Well, and I assume, too, that over the years, uh, things have changed. Um I'm not sure if you have insights into all of that, but um, you know, does anything stand out to you on, on how the program has, has shifted and changed over the years? Yeah, the SQF and just GFSIs in general have changed over the years. As the FDA puts out more research, as FISMA keeps developing, all the standards are going to change. And currently, we're on edition nine of SQF. Two years ago, it was edition eight. So it definitely changes not quite, not frequently, but it does change a lot. So I guess then it kind of comes down to like, well, what does that actually mean? Are, are there certain practices or things that we do on the facilities on a day-to-day basis that, you know, are, are directly related to SQF or, you know, how we're handling our, our food safety and food quality? Yeah, because since SQF takes into account HACCP and FISMA, as those regulations change, our processes will change as well. For the most part, it stays very constant during the food safety part of it. So if you already have everything established, you're just going to keep going. It might just add for more validations, more verification. But for the most part, if you already have your established food safety plan, you're, it that doesn't change throughout the years. What mostly changes is that we're now promoting food safety, not just in programs, not just filling out the paperwork, but that it's a living, breathing program on the floor, that it's a culture that all our employees understand. So then I guess uh, the, the point of, of a culture is, um, you know, we're looking to move beyond like a, a checkbox thing. We like to promote the whys. We want our employees to ask us, why do we have to do this? Why are we checking this? Not just, oh, well, they told me to check it. I'm going to check it. But that is a good question. Why, right? I mean, why go through all of this effort? I mean, what what's the real point of having a food safety and quality program as robust as one that you know would would qualify for for an SQF certification? Well, I for one am all about food safety. It's my job. So to me, it's 
you need to explain the whys. We need to do this because everything that we produce here goes to somebody, goes to a consumer, goes to a mom, goes to a grandma, can even go to your five-year-old niece. Everything goes to a consumer that if we lax on our food safety can have catastrophic events. And that's something that I can't live with. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of people can't live with that either. Well, you know, I grew up in and around almond orchards. Um, I've eaten almonds off the tree. I've eaten them off of the uh, the windrows. Um, I haven't gotten sick. So, I mean, but is, is that what, what we're trying to avoid here is sickness or like, again, what maybe the question, Jerry, is what could go wrong and what are we trying to prevent? Well, almonds are inherent to salmonella, which is a foodborne pathogen, which causes food poisoning. So if you ever had that one day where you just have to take off to the bathroom, we're trying to prevent that. We're, we're trying to prevent people from spending their days in the bathroom wishing that they were dead because everything's coming out. Because that's what can happen if we are lax on our protocols is we can cause a sickness that can then actually kill somebody because salmonella has in the past killed people. Well, we certainly would want to avoid uh, any any illness or, or death. That doesn't sound good at all. Um, I have to I have to wonder though. Um, my uh, my recent trip to 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 Mexico, uh, I have to wonder if the food safety standards might not be up to par down there. Um, and maybe I should uh, I should thank you for for doing the job that you do here uh, to keep us all all safe. Well, I mean, they do tell you don't drink the water. <laughs> yeah, then uh, then you don't drink the water, and uh, you still kind of wonder uh, what the heck's going on. But you know the the safety aspect, I I think is is really is really important. Um, you know, and perhaps something that we take a little bit for granted here in the U.S. because uh, you know our our food supply chains uh, and the checks and balances there to ensure the safety are are rather are rather robust. Um, you know, so again. You know, I appreciate you you enlightening enlightening us on on some of this um, and really how intensive it it really is um, when it comes to to food safety. You know, but I I guess kind of continuing down that that path, things can still happen, right? Um, when you say that um, you know almonds are in, inherent to to salmonella, uh, you know that that means there there's a little bit of a risk, I suppose, at, at all times. I mean. That's safe, but I mean, what what's the risk of of something, you know, happening that that maybe we don't want to happen? Yeah, there's a risk to it, and because of HACCP and doing our risk assessments, we we know that almonds have salmonella, and due to the marketing order, everything that goes to a consumer has to be pasteurized. You can't just have raw almonds anymore. Anything on the shelves has to go through some kind of validated kill step which is extensive studies to even get validated. So we put all this effort into getting these machines, doing the studies, finding out what our validation points are. And as long as we're meeting those and we do finish product testing at the end, we're saying, okay, it's showing that there isn't a food safety risk. Uh, so we're not just going through the motions. I mean, we have we have studies and evidence backing up what we do in our facility is actually reducing. Wow, okay. Well, that uh, that makes me feel a little bit a little bit better. I was kind of worried there about uh, eating almonds with salmonella, but it sounds like you know the the processes that we have in place 
really and truly do mitigate that. Yeah, we don't just throw it in a steam pasteurizer and say, okay, if we think it's good, throw it in the bag, put it on the shelves and just cross our fingers. No, we have set points. We do extensive testing. We do hourly monitoring. We make sure everything is good and not just on the product that's going into the machine. We're monitoring the environment around as well to make sure that nothing can cross contaminate inside that bag. Wow, that's that's impressive. So, you know, again, we feel pretty confident that, you know, we're we're sending safe product out there. But let's say, um, you know, something happens and, and maybe uh, we identify a, a possible I- exposure. I'm assuming we would have something in place that would, you know, that would help us mitigate that quickly. I mean, what 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 protocols do we have in place to keep consumers safe if even if we feel like uh, there might be an, an additional risk? Well, we have our hold and release. So we do have finished product testing to say, okay, what we just packed is safe per microbiological and chemical standards. So, and by chance, if it does get to the consumer and someone does get sick, we do have a recall plan and it's been tested annually per mock recalls to make sure that we're able to bring everything back and account for all the pounds to make sure that it is off the shelves. Because we don't want people to get sick. If And if anyone does, we want to be told so we can get our plan in motion to start doing the right thing. That's a really good point. You know, if if something were to, to happen, we would want to uh, be able to correct that um, and take action. It sounds like we have we have a plan in place to do so. And you know, I'm going to, I'm going to jump to, to an assumption here and kind of bring this full circle and say all these different pieces in the protocols that you've mentioned about the food safety, that's, I'm assuming what SQF certification is really all about is to have some, a third party validation that yes, you can sit here and say that we're doing all these things, but if you want the proof, you want the evidence here it is. It's the SQF certification. Yeah, the auditor will go through every section of that code, say, where's the program for this? Let me see this one. Let me see this. Where's your records? I want to see the last three months of this and that. And it's you have to give it to him because if there's any delay, it's like, okay, why are you delaying? So now it's like, okay, now I'm going to ask you more questions. It's going to trigger this, it's going to trigger that. So if you have nothing to hide and you have everything filled out and all ready to go, your audits are smooth sailing. Well, I... Uh, I would only assume that ours was smooth sailing, but it uh, it does kind of bring us to that ultimate question. What what was the outcome of the audit? How did we do? We did very well. We actually did better than last year. We did get a 94 on our SQF out of 100. So yeah, there was a little bit of small non-conformances, but our corrective actions are due on the 18th of this month. So, and we already have them all implemented. So I think we're doing pretty damn good. And corrective actions, I mean, that's not uh, that's not something that is necessarily a, a you know a a food safety issue so much as a hey, here's a learning, here's a place that you can do better and and work to get better. I mean, is that is that true? Yeah, all of ours are minors, so there was just one little thing missing. It could have been a statement or something written, like actually written. If there was anything wrong with our program, we would have gotten a major. And we did not. Yeah, which again makes sense to me, having worked in in restaurant um, industry. I mean, any time the food inspector came in, there was always something. Which you know, for the team was a great learning experience, right? I mean, working in a restaurant, you know, 
it's the same mentality. You're serving something that you take pride in uh, and you don't want people to, to, to fall ill um, or have any issues with it. Um, and so the little things, you know, the restaurant might be, you know, to, to clean, you know, something a little bit better. And, and that, that was great. Yeah. And you're never going to get a hundred. It's like, if you actually get an SQF or a BRC and get like a perfect, perfect score means they're not looking hard enough because there's always room for continuous improvement. Cause if once you just don't find anything, you're going to come stagnant and your program's never going to get better. Because that's the goal. You want to make sure that you're continuously improving. You want to make sure that you're pushing your program to be better every single time. Well, so looking ahead, um, is there anything on the horizon or, or things that uh, that you've been implementing that uh, you know you're excited about? as kind of the the next steps and the next phases of our program. Well, we are going to be pushing for a halal certification coming here for our starting off with our bulk products and we're looking at non-gmo as well so we're going to keep pushing we're going to keep getting these certifications that we've heard feedback from the consumers that they really want to see these on our packaging so we're going to push through those well at the end of the day jerry it sounds like uh, not only are you uh, responsible for ensuring uh, our products are safe um, and are at uh, good quality you are uh, actually doing so. Um, so I'm going to ask you, and I assume the answer is yes, but are you going to take home some of our almonds and uh, snack on them tonight? Of course I do. <laughs> well, they are healthy, uh, delicious, and uh, you have ensured us they are safe to eat. Jerry, um, again, I want to thank you for um, being on point and making sure that uh, all of that happens. And uh, thanks again for taking uh, the time to, to talk with me today. Thanks for having me. Listeners out there, be sure not to follow us on your favorite streaming audio service, ignore my post on social media, and I'm sure you don't want any more info, so why bother signing up for our newsletter on selectharvestusa.com? And almonds? Eh, they can't be as delicious and healthy as we say they are, so be sure to stay away from selectharvestalmondsnacks.com because that's where you'd buy almonds for home delivery. Yuck! Am I right? And for you psychology professionals out there, any tips on enhancing my reverse psychology tactics? They're good? That That's going to work, right? People are going to like me? Wait, wait what? They, they think I'm nuts? Why? But, because this is nut news.